0: Thank you so much for joining me on Teach Me How to Money. We have an amazing guest today. We have Tiffany Aliche. She's the founder of The Nista and she's a financial educator. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. So let's just get started. How did you become the budget nista?
1: So you could say I was born into it. My father was a CFO and an accountant, and um, we just grew up. Me and my four sisters and I grew up learning about money on a day-to-day basis. And I didn't know that other people didn't get Thursday night money lessons until about <laughs> <laughs> until about like middle school. And by then, it just became part of our regular life. And so. Huh. Um, It wasn't really until college that it really became important because that's when you start making your own financial choices. And my roommate was getting debt collectors calling the room. And that's when I really started to help people with their um, financial choices, because I would go home and say, you know, dad, you know, my roommates, this is happening. You know, her credit card is this or the debt collector said that. And he would advise me and I would go back and I would advise her. Oh, that's amazing. But you also
0: had your own struggle with debt that you had to work through.
1: Yes. So when I was in my mid-20s, it was kind of like the first time I wanted to take full responsibility for my own finances. So I made a financial choice without letting my dad know for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Someone who was a friend of mine, obviously he turned out to be a thief, told me I thought he was independently wealthy. You know, when you're young enough to think because people have a nice car and stuff that they actually have money. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's what I thought. And so I asked him to teach me how to invest. And somehow it ended up in a credit card scam with him oh my God. stealing. I know. Stealing about, mm, I want to say it was about $20,000 off of my credit card. Oh my gosh. Yes. But they found that I was complicit because I, I made the mistake and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he's going to put it back. And so they were like, well, you kind of allowed it. So you owe this money. Um, oh no. Yes. It ballooned to like nearly $30,000 in debt and it was right before the recession. I just bought a house not that long ago, like right before that time. Oh my gosh. So everything came to a head. The recession hit, I lost my job, credit cards, and now it's like $30,000. And um, now I'm losing my home to foreclosure. Everything happened. Oh my- I, you know, it was the worst time and not to ask for advice from my father. <laughs> so did you
0: eventually just turn around and say, listen, you know, this is what happened?
1: Well, honestly, I figured I dug my way out because I was so upset With myself, that I couldn't bring myself to tell him. And so I instead kind of relied upon all the advice he had previously given me. And I mapped out a plan and I worked the plan. And then I wrote a book about the plan. And in the book, I have a chapter explaining what happened. And that's how he found out. I gave him the book before it you know, went live <laughs> and I said, I don't want you to read chapter five. <laughs> and he couldn't oh believe it. But then it was years later and I'd already, you know, I was doing better. And he was like,
0: why didn't you tell me? I was like, I, I, know, I was like, I, was emb- I was embarrassed because you
1: taught me so well. I know. But I mean, it, it all came, you know, to be for good because the truth is up until then I was financially perfect and I couldn't relate to like financial mistakes other folks made. And so that kind of gave me the insight that I needed to be the budgetista. So
0: you were in, a major spiral that wasn't your fault, but you found yourself there.
1: What were some of the steps that you took to get out of it? Well, first I had to stop digging, right? So you're in a ditch and you stop digging. So I had, for the first time, I'd never had credit card debt before. And so the reason why I got really bad, because it took me a while to realize that I'd been a victim of a scam. So all of a sudden I had these credit cards, so I was using them. And so, you know, for like a good, I want to say month until I realized, wait a minute, where's my money? And so I started to rack up you know, all of this debt. And so, the first things first, I had to stop. I had to stop digging. I had to put down my credit card to basically cut them up. Um, sure. Second was, I really had to create a budget. I had to figure out a budget is just a physical picture of what your money is doing. And I had to figure out what is my money currently doing? You know, where is it? where am I spending it? Just get a really good idea of that. And then I had to make some real changes. So sometimes it's enough to say no cable or, you know what, I'll do my own hair. And sometimes it's, you have to move home. So I had to look at my budget and say, what changes do I have to make? And I had to make huge choices. And one of the choices I had to make was the hardest, which was, do I pay all of my bills except my mortgage or do I pay my mortgage and none of my bills? because i couldn't afford both and so i chose to pay the rest of my bills because i was on unemployment at the time i chose to pay my bills put my student loans in deferment and not pay my mortgage because it was the one bill that i just could not afford and eventually i lost my home to foreclosure i moved back home i was 30. Sure. And it was the hardest, most humbling thing. And from there, yes, I, I just relooked at my budget and said, okay, if I can at least make $500 a month, then because I didn't have to pay rent at home and I didn't have to pay for food. So I slowly but surely started to build my life back up. But I was on what I call my ramen noodle budget. Everyone should kind of know what their ramen noodle budget is. <laughs> you have to eat ramen noodles, like what's what's the lowest common denominator of what you can spend in order to maintain life? And so once I figured, <laughs> and once I figured that out, I grew from there. And then because although I was struggling, what I realized is that I still had a plan where so many of my friends didn't. So I started sharing my plan with my friends and then their friends and then their friends and that's how the Bajanista was born. But you also like so many
0: people who lost their homes and like you said, it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. That was a terrible time. And a lot of people were losing their jobs. That was a time when a lot of a lot of us had to take a look at our finances and see how things had changed. Yeah,
1: I had to make the hard choices in it. Because what happens is sometimes it takes us too long to activate our noodle budget, our ramen noodle budget, right? Because (laughs) you refuse to acknowledge that rough times are here. You refuse to acknowledge the actual hardship. So what happens is, is that like for the longest, I was paying my mortgage out of my savings, because I was like, no, it's going to pick up. It's going to pick up. I didn't know it was sure. a recession. You know, I, I just knew that like, you know, times are hard, but in, in two months I'll be fine. And had I known what I know now, because I ended up losing my house. So if you figure like two years of not being able to find another job, my mortgage was 16, <sighs> 1660. So 1660 times 24 months, that was almost thirty thousand dollars that I was paying from savings and unemployment. And I ended up losing my house anyway. Imagine what I could have done oh, with that 40000 I, if I had acknowledged, you know what, cut your losses and make changes now. And so too many of us wait too long to activate that ramen noodle budget when necessary when it comes to putting together
0: a plan for somebody to pay off their debt, where should they start?
1: Honestly, it was not short. I'm like, ooh, who the, where'd you read that? i like, <laughs> <laughs> I literally well, just paid off my student loan debt six months ago. <laughs> um, well, congratulations,
0: <laughs> first of all. That's incredible. Thank you.
1: Um, no, so honestly, it, it starts with one, creating. I People don't like the word budget. I, sometimes I call it a money list. It's just a list of all of your expenses and how much they cost you a month, right? So everything from entertainment, groceries to bills, everything. If you're not sure, just pull up your bank statement. Um, And then from there, it's looking at each line item and asking yourself, you know, where am I and where could I be in order to put more money in my bottom line? Right. And so once you figure that out, so you may, you might cut off your cable. You may move back home and say, I don't have to pay rent anymore. You might You know, whatever it is that you need to do to get your number as close to in the black as possible. So you don't want to be obviously negative. And sometimes there's nothing you can do. You know, you just you still might be negative, you know, two hundred dollars a month, you know. And then sometimes you you have to ask yourself. So then if I don't have enough, you, you can only have two choices when it comes to your budget. You either have to spend less or make more. No, know, right. that's the only thing. So sometimes we can't spend less. And sometimes, honestly, you're stuck in a space where you can't make more. And that's when you, I had to look and you have to might have to look at your budget and say, well, who's not going to get paid right now? So I had to come to terms and to peace with the fact that there was going to be someone on my list that wasn't going to get paid now. And that was my mortgage company. And basically, I let them know that. And I was like, you know, when I have it, you have it. Um, they continue to harass me. So I sent a cease and desist letter. Um, and and, you know, because obviously they wanted their money and I can understand that, but I also didn't want a phone call every day and you, it is your right to tell someone you can communicate with me via, um, letter. Yeah, of course. You know, so I suggest that to everyone. Like I went right to Staples. I backed my cease and desist letter and said, please do not call me at these numbers. Here's how I can communicate. Here's my email and here's my mailing address to send the letter. And so that at least gave me daily peace. And so then from there, you have to start, you have to figure out how to make more. Because it's just not you you can't sit in that. And so for me, it was starting a business, but it might be a job hunt. You know, it might be side hustling. It might be Uber. It might be Instacart, whatever that looks like to temporarily put extra money in your pocket doing that. And automating your bills is really going to help once you get into a more stable place because not having to worry about paying bills in, um, in and out day to day. I always have like a separate checking account just for bills. So I have my regular checking account that's attached to my debit card. I call that my spending account. And the other checking account is my bills account. I don't have a debit card attached to it. So I can't swipe and accidentally okay. spend money. Huh, no, that, That's great. Here's the thing. You're wanting to create a pay down debt plan. And so the snowball method is my favorite method. You can just Google, you okay. know, snowball method. People say Dave Ramsey invented it. He did not. <laughs> All the snowball method, he, you know, he definitely popularized it, you know, but it was there before. And so I used that method to pay off my debt. And at one point I was obsessed with paying off my debt until I realized that being debt free is not the same thing as growing wealth. Like there are folks sure. who are like, you know, homeless, quite honestly, and they're debt free. That's not wealth. And I knew I wanted to start to grow wealth for myself and my family. So I took the focus away from getting debt free. I made it that I was going to manage my debt and pay it down in a systematic way, but I wasn't going to focus on it. And so I put the snowball method in place and really worked on growing wealth through my business. And because what happens when you grow wealth is that that automatically helps to take care of your debt. So
0: you talk to so many people every day. What are some of the advice that they're getting about paying off their debt that really worries you or some of the bad advice that you're hearing that people are getting? That That
1: is the most important thing. So I know a woman who she's almost 50 and she really killed herself to like pay off her mortgage. And that's admirable. You pay off your mortgage. That's awesome. Right. But the problem with that is she did not put any real money toward retirement. And now she's looking up and she's like, wow, I just realized that I have this house and it's great, but I don't have hardly any retirement money. And so that's, that's what I mean that sometimes, you know, we get this mixed message when it comes to our money that yes, paying off debt is is definitely a good thing, but you don't want to sacrifice your future and your ability to, to grow wealth and invest. I run a seven figure a year business and someone was like, you're just now paying off your student loans. I'm like, well, my student loans were $53,000 and that money that I didn't put towards student loans, I used it to grow a seven-figure a year business. So right now, I could be Tiffany, the student loan-free person, or right. I could be Tiffany, the self-made millionaire who just paid off her student loans in one lump sum. So
0: it's, it's more about debt yes. management than just like paying off your debt and that being yeah, that goal. should not be your goal. One thing we like to talk about is how can you manage your your now, meaning your bills. And you know, your debt while still planning for the future. It's easy. you were talking about how it's best to have a plan. but what is the first thing someone should do when looking at their entire picture?
1: So first things first if you don't like if you don't want to create a budget, you don't want to do any of those things, start with automation, right? And so okay. um first things first, figure out how much your bills cost you. Typically, people get paid every other week. So let's just say your bills are. $3,000 a month, and you're top heavy when it comes to bills. So the first month, your bills you know, are $2,000. The second month, your bills are $1,000. The second half of the month, they're $1,000. So what I would do is open up that separate checking account that's not linked to a debit card. And let's just say you get paid $5,000 a month. So you're going to put $2,000 from the first check into your bills account, and then 1000 from the second check into your bills account. And then you're going to automate your bill payments from that Bills account automatically. And if you're really good, you'll automate that transfer. 2,000 first check, 1,000 second, 2,000 first, 1,000 second. And if you're super, super great, you'll actually have your job (laughs) do that for you. Like actually split the money and, and deposit it in that account for you. Even if you don't create like this, like intricate budget for yourself, just creating like, some sort of like long term savings for yourself, some sort of short term savings for yourself, a bills account and a spending account, those kind of four accounts. So for the long term savings, I always suggest putting your money in a, an online only bank account. So one, they typically give higher interest rates because they don't have the brick and mortar, like they don't have this physical location to take care of. So a regular bank, you know, like the big name banks that, you know, are, are going to give you .01 percent, like a piece of a piece of a penny. But, you know, but sure. like an online only bank, like right now, some of them are giving two to 3%. I think that's great advice.
0: What would you say to a person who's listening to this podcast who just feels hopeless about their overwhelming debt?
1: Honestly, I have uh, been there. So first things first, you're likely feeling hopeless because you have not forgiven yourself. Um, and so I've been there. I mean, I fell into a depression right after, like, I mean, the recession hit me so hard, losing everything. And I just remember thinking like, it doesn't get much where I'm like, I'm 29, it's my 30th birthday. I'm living in my parents' house. I'm sleeping in my middle school bed, which is like an extra extra medium, which is like a small medium. And I just remember thinking, like, it literally doesn't get does it get lower than this? It does, because my dad was like, by the way, you have a midnight curfew. I'm like, I'm 30. <laughs> oh <my laughs> like, it's so, it's so humbling one thing yes. after another. And I just remember thinking, like, it just doesn't get worse than this, you know. It took me a while to forgive myself because I was beating myself up for making all of these mistakes, you know? Like, you should have known better, you should have recognized this. She should have, I should have could have wooded all over the place. And so it, you know, it sure. wasn't so I remember telling my best friend, Linda. because I kind of even I retreated from like hanging out with friends and wasn't calling anyone back. And so finally, my best friend, Linda, like cornered me after nearly a year of me being gone. And she was like, Tiffany, what is going on? And I told her, you know, like I lost everything. I made every mistake you could think of. I am broker than broke. I'm negative three hundred thousand dollars in debt with my student loans and credit cards and my mortgage. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she was like, is that it? And I remember thinking, <laughs> I was like, is, I mean, what? what is she, that, yeah, that she was like, I mean, I thought you killed somebody the way you've been hiding out, and she was like, Tiffany, don't that you know funny. we're all broke? Like, we're yeah. everyone is struggling, and what she did was she helped to normalize that during this time, so many people were struggling, that I was not alone in it, and two, I had not done anything wrong. People make mistakes. You know? And I so do. once she kind of like illuminated that, it, it gave me the permission I needed to forgive myself. And once I forgave myself, it opened up my eyes to the solution. I could not see the solution over my pity party.
0: No, it's just so easy to feel like mm-hmm. you're alone.
1: And once you realize that you're not, like honestly, like I have a Facebook group called Dreamcatchers Live Richer. And so it's 350,000 people. And what we do there is just support each other on our financial journeys. Um, because I wanted, I created that so that that group is the. That's my best friend. Right. So it's like it's the Mm -hmm. space where you can go and say, oh, my gosh, my credit scores are 420. I don't know what I'm going to do. And someone's going to say, mine was a 420 last year, but now I've got a a 650. You know, Tiffany's got some great resources me that can really help you, too. So it normalizes the mistakes, allows you to say, you know what, someone else has made a mistake and they're on the other side of this. I can forgive myself. And what you can do that you put one foot in front of the other and do the work and you can dig your way out of just about anything. I love
0: that. Well, thank you so much. This was fantastic and really thank inspiring. Thank you for having me. So tell us really quick, how can our listeners learn more about you, get in touch with you? How can they learn more about well, you? They
1: can learn more about me at TheBudgetNista.com. I am all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, just ever Twitter. I'm Nista on everything. So you can always hit me up. And um, yeah, I just, this is what I love doing. So thank you. Well,
0: thank you so much. And I hope we get to talk to you again real soon.
1: Thanks for listening. Teach Me Out of Money is
0: going on a short break until this fall in order to plan the next season. We cannot thank you enough for all of your support. Your feedback is vital for making our show the best it can be. So please continue to leave comments and reviews on our social media pages. Highlight things you like and dislike and feel free to write suggestions. You can listen to past episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and at stashinvest.com podcast. See you in the fall.